Have you ever wondered what it's like to sit in on a magazine editorial meeting? Well, this is your chance. You're listening to Salt Lake Speaks, a monthly podcast where our editors, writers, and staff dig deeper into stories, chat with newsmakers, and talk amongst ourselves about arts, culture, food, music, politics, or whatever else might strike our fancy. After all, we are Utah's biggest fans. Hi, I'm Andrea Peterson, and you are listening to Salt Lake Magazine's own podcast, Salt Lake Speaks. And today we are chatting with Matthew LaPlante. He is a local journalist, but actually works all over the world, travels a lot doing stories. And he is also a professor at Utah State University teaching journalism. We've actually had Matt as a contributor for Salt Lake Magazine, and he's written many articles for us. And his most recent one was in the Dan Feb issue. You would find him under the story Incredible Journey. It talks about his ex exploration of the beautiful ski resorts here in Utah that he did 14 of them all in one week. So Matthew, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So let's just jump right in. I'm, how long have you lived in Utah and how, what is your background in the world of ski? <laughs> I had no background in the world of skiing before I moved to Utah. It's very similar to myself. I was the same way I learned how to board in Colorado, actually. Um, I grew up in Texas, but I've gone some vacations boarding. But then when I moved to Utah, all my friends skied Alta. And yeah. so I learned to ski after moving here. And the key is the friends thing, right? Like, like this is what friends do in Utah. And if you want to hang with your friends, you have to have some contraption strapped to your feet. And, and that's what happened to me. Like I had friends who wanted to go, and so I had to pick it up. And I wasn't very good. And I was also, I was working for a newspaper at the time, so I had no money. Um, so for a few years, I didn't ski or snowboard at all. And then uh, a buddy said, one day my buddy Jared said, like, hey, do you, do you snowboard? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, totally, I totally do. And so we went together, and he bombed down these runs. And it was all I could do to keep up with him. And that's when I realized, that's when like the, the adrenaline hit happened. And I was like, oh, this is me. This is what I'm supposed to do. I have to agree, the first black I ever went down was because someone was like, where do you want to go? And I was like, I want to go down. So we just turned and went down and I stumbled a little bit, a lot, and got to the end. And I was like, guys, that was a really slick run. And they were like, Andrew, that was your first black. You did your black. I did my black. You did your black. <laughs> my daughter did that when she was four and she took a wrong turn. And it's she probably was, best to take a wrong turn totally, and experience yeah, it. <laughs> it's totally like, and and she was, you know, a good like quarter of the way down the run when she was like, oh, oh no, I'm I took a wrong turn, and I was like, there's nothing you can do now, you got to go, and she bombed that sucker. She killed it, and she got to the bottom, and she's like, I can do this. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, even with snowboarding and skiing, you just have to go down. Like, if you, if you sit at the top of the mountain and stare too long, you're not going to make it down the mountain. You'll end up taking the chair with that. You can't think about it. I was yeah. actually, actually skiing in Vermont. Sorry, I'm a trader. I was skiing in Vermont. They have snow this I season. I know. The Northeast <laughs> is definitely enjoying the snow that we are not getting. But I was skiing with this guy who I'm writing a book with, and uh, he's, not he's not a technically good skier. Like, he is a technically really poor skier, but he just does not have that gene in his body that says like this should be like you should think twice about this. So like I was like struggling to keep up with him, you know? Like he just doesn't care. And that's what you got you gotta just I think that's care. how I always was. I always ski with people who are better than me. And oftentimes it's like, where do you want to go? And I'm always like, you pick, I'll just follow you. <laughs> we'll get down the mountain eventually. I think there's only a few times where I think one time well last year we got a lot of great late season 
snow and powder. Well, not late season, but a lot of great powder. And I think there was one time I was at Brighton and I was in the trees and I had lost track of my friend and my tips went down and I ended up powder over my head. And that was the first time I was like, hmm, maybe I need to stay with my friends a little bit closer. <laughs> I got waterboarded a couple of times oh, last season too. That's was, always fun. Oh, it's, it's terrifying. Like when you're, when you're like, you're going down like face first in the powder, like you, you've stumbled, you're going down face and you're just getting like breathful out of, it's, it's like waterboarding. I haven't been waterboarding. You're like, I can't, I can't come up for a chair. <laughs> okay, well, let's jump into why we're talking. So, I mean, most people who live in the Salt Lake area in Utah, we know that we just have an abundance of ski resorts within, you know, a 30-minute drive from Salt Lake and a couple hours drive from the Salt Lake Airport we're as so well. We're so blessed. I we're think so we're a little lucky. spoiled. We're way spoiled. <laughs> So start with, just so our audience can hear if they haven't picked up a copy, and you guys should pick up a copy, but what um, inspired this, I'm going to ski all the resorts in Utah in seven days? <laughs> in a week. All right. So, I mean, I had always thought, like, being so fortunate to be in this state that has so many great resorts, there's, you should. You should try everything. I, I wanted to try everything. But what happens is you buy a pass. You get locked into your resort, and then you say, oh, God, I don't want to spend $100 and travel. You know. So I was pretty deep into, I don't know, like almost 10 years of snowboarding. And I had maybe done, I hadn't even done half the resorts in Utah. And it was always kind of like a list thing, like I was going to do it. Right? I was going to do it at some point. And then I knew my daughter was coming up on her fifth grade year when, you, when all the kids in Utah can get the ski pass, this kind of ski Utah pass that allows them a couple of dates at every resort in the state. And I thought, well, maybe we'll do it then. I'll do it with her. That would be really cool. Um, and then I hit a tree. I hit a tree hard. Right. We've all done that, but how bad was it? The doctor said he stopped counting at 13 breaks. It destroyed my tibia and my fibula. I have lots of screws and metal in my leg now. I going through the airport's a little more a difficult of, for you. It's a lot you. of fun. Yeah, they're always like, <laughs> and even when I go in and do, like, I'll go through in shorts, and they'll be like, sir, what do you have on your leg? I'll be like, You're like, um, it's not on, it's, it's in. in. It's in. <laughs> so as I was recovering, I was thinking, like, my, I was not even down off the mountain. Like, I had to take the sled ride of shame down, and I thought, I'm going to be back on, I'm going to be back on the mountain next season. I, I know, right? And then the doctor was like, you're going to be back on the mountain next season. And, um, and that was all I wanted to think about. It was just getting back on the mountain. And I actually, tr I thought about trying to get on that season. So what part of the ridiculous. season was this like in? It was January 31st. Oh, so there's still a good like two, three there months left. There was some left. months left. That's yeah. The, that's I, the hardest. You're like, I, you know, if I'm going to get injured, let it be in May. Right. <laughs> so, and I've got, so I have, I have friends who are amputees who are adaptive skiers. And I was like calling them like, can I borrow your gear? Can I, because I was like, I wanted, I was like, I could ski with one leg. Yeah, yeah. Like I can do that. People do that all the time, right? So, so, but I decided when, when it was clear that wasn't going to happen, I thought like, well, I'd like a goal. I like something. I was like, oh, you know what? Next year, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ski all the resorts. I'm gonna do it all in a season. And then I don't know. Like you gotta one up yourself, right? All the time. So I was like, like, what could make that cool though? What could make that a story? Because of course, if you have a story, then you can get Salt Lake Magazine to like go send right. you on this adventure. So if it's a challenge that you might fail at, yeah, right. Pitch exactly. It. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, okay. So how can I pitch this as a story? And I was like, I can do it in a week. And you can. 
You can totally do it in a week. It is no problem. Actually, there's uh, a few years ago, some people uh, from Ski Utah and the Deseret News skied like 11 resorts in a day or 12 resorts in a day. Now, that's stupid. You don't get any, you're in the car all You day. spend too much on the car. That's my right. thing is I'm like, I want to be on the mountain. Right. <laughs> but everybody's had that experience where they've had a half day of skiing that's just, and you're just like, that was a great day. That was a full day, right? I, I was on the slopes for three, four, five hours, and it was Perfect. It was great. I, so our goal was, what we decided was, we were going to see if we could get a great day of skiing at 14 resorts in seven days. Okay, so take us through kind of day by day, resort by resort um, that you guys went on. Okay, so uh, it was me and my buddy Jared and our buddy Eric. Jared. All snowboarders or mix of snowboarders um, and skiers? Mix. So, so Jared was a ski racer in high school. He's mainly on a board now. Uh, I'm a snowboarder, but I learned to ski so that I could do this because you can't do Alton Deer Valley unless you're on two planks. And then Eric's a telemark skier. Okay. So uh, Eric's also a former ski patroller uh, from Snowbird. So a mix of levels, it seems. Uh, I mean, we're all fairly advanced okay. skier snowboarders, but uh, definitely, I mean, we have different styles. styles. We have mm -hmm. different, like, things that we like. What would you say your thing is? The trees. The trees. Uh, steep, and oh, deep. Yeah, yeah. steep and deep and in the trees. I'm all about that. We were talking earlier. I said it doesn't feel like a good ski day unless I feel like I've Mario karted my way yes. down a mountain. Yes, totally. <laughs> I, I want to worry that that tree is going to miss me by inches. What I want to know <laughs> is that if I had my GoPro on right now and I sent a video to my mother, would it give her a heart attack or not? <laughs> and if it wouldn't, I'm not doing it right. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so a different mix of love, uh, not necessarily levels, but different styles and genres. Yeah. And so where did you guys decide to start? We woke up on a Sunday morning. Uh, we met in a church parking lot and we headed out to Park City. And so our first step was Park City. We wanted to start somewhere iconic. Right? And so we started by the torch and, and uh, we connected with a uh, ski instructor there and uh, went straight to McConkie, bombed McConkie a couple of times. Uh, it, we were probably 14 hours after the last snow at that point, so it was pretty much perfect. Uh, there was a good six or eight inches, and um, by the middle of the day, we were like, man, we killed Park City. We went, I mean, that's a huge resort, because they, of course, they, they took in the uh, canyons a couple of years ago, and we crisscrossed that thing. Uh, and, I mean, we were exhausted. We were like, oh, my God, we got to do this for a whole week. Oh, no, what are we going to do? And, and then you took a break, grabbed a beer, and you're like, yeah, we're good. We can do this. <laughs> no break. <laughs> no break. <laughs> no break, no break, because we had to get over to Deer Valley. Okay. Because Heidi Volker is waiting for us at Deer Valley. And uh, if you don't know Heidi Volker, just think of the Utah license plate that has a skier on it. That's Heidi. Heidi was the first human being whose picture was ever on a license plate because she's a three-time Olympian and from Utah. And she, she connected with us, and uh, I was like, this is, I just learned to ski this season in order to do this. And I was a little bit scared to ski with an Olympian. Okay, so then that's when the levels came in. <laughs> maybe, maybe there was a little, a little more uh, discrepancy there. Yeah, and here's the good news. Like at Deer Valley, um, one of the great things about Deer Valley is that you can ride up pretty much any lift with your family, with your friends, and then there is an easy way and a medium way and a hard way from the top of pretty much every single lift that you can get down and meet, which is not the case in most resorts. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, but I wanted to ski with Heidi as much as possible. Uh, and so I told her, I was like, hey, listen, um, my thing, I should let you know I'm still fairly new at skiing. I'm a pretty good snowboarder, but I'm new at skiing. And my big concern is that I'm going to fall down in front of you. 
And Heidi goes, oh, Matthew, like, don't, don't worry. It's okay. Because you will never, ever be in front of me. <laughs> okay, that's intense and um, no pressure. <laughs> You're like, deal. Cool. Like, yeah, cool. So I was in my place. <laughs> but then we start skiing together and I'm like, hey, I'm keeping up with her. I'm doing okay. Like, I'm super, wow, I'm skiing with an Olympian and like not embarrassing myself. This is great. And just like as the thought crosses my mind, she looks over her shoulder at me. And we're just like on a straightaway. We're not even downhill. We're on a straightaway. And I don't know how, but she just took off. <laughs> like defying all of Newton's laws. She was like, he seems like he's too confident. I need to I need get to, down the mountain. I need to make his ego shrink a little. Yeah. And maybe a bunch of other things too. Like she, <laughs> it, it was, happened. oh man, it was deflating. <laughs> um, but it was so much fun. And she was so nice. And she was so great to ski with. And it was so exciting. And now every time I see her on a license plate, I'm like, Yay, I've I with her. with her. <laughs> I'm awesome. <laughs> so that was day one. That was day one. Day one was the Park City Resorts. Okay. And then uh, day two. Now, this is all strategized based on a couple of things. Um, because it doesn't make much sense what we did next unless you think about the fact that there are some ski resorts that are not open on Sundays. Right. There are some ski resorts that are only open a few days a week. Uh, there are some ski resorts that have night skiing, and there are some ski resorts that don't. And then so you there's have to think definite about the strategy. To definitely go. strategy. Now, I contend that you could probably do this in a bunch of different ways, but this is the way we do it. We started in Park City on a Sunday. The next day, we headed up to the most northern part of the uh, state so that we could go to Beaver Mountain and Cherry Peak. And just for our listeners, how far away is that from like the International Airport, the Salt Lake International Airport? Uh, Beaver Mountain's maybe two hours. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so still Logan, do, Logan's an hour. Yeah, Logan's an hour. Beaver Mountain's another half hour, forty-five minutes. So even on a bad Which day. Which isn't that? You know, it's funny. I talk. I have a lot of friends in Denver, and they make a big deal about their ski resorts, and their mountains are so much bigger. And I'm like. Well, you also, to get anywhere from Denver, everything is two and a half to yeah. three hours away, whereas we have some stuff that's within 30-minute drive. So when I, I, I was out in Boston, and I go with this group of people up to Vermont to go mm -hmm. skiing, and one of the guys we were with has a place at the ski resort. He goes there every weekend with his family. It's three and a half hours. It's three and a half hours from Boston to get there. He does it every single weekend with his family. That's seven hours in the car. And I'm like... So we really we, are. We spoiled. do that too. Oh, <laughs> and they think they're spoiled, and they are. Well, they are. I mean, like, to, like, look, like, even to have the privilege of being able to ski all the time is spoiling. We are. And then we're spoiled on top of spoiled. Uh, spoiled on top of spoiled. Okay, yeah. so two and a half hour drive north to the Logan area, the Beaver area. Yeah, from Park City. Okay. Along the way, uh, there's a car accident. Uh, a guy is like. Uh, having seizures on the side of the road, and Eric, who's a former ski patroller and uh, paramedic, gets out, saves the guy's life. Why because not? As one does. That's what you do. As one does. I'm fully convinced. Honestly, like I'm fully convinced that if Eric hadn't been there, this guy, when he was having a seizure, would have just like pounded his head into the pavement because he was flopping around on the ground. It was crazy. Right place, right time. Yeah. A, that in itself is a good story. And it was in the middle of a blizzard, as <laughs> as is. As is. Wish uh, we had that right now. Which was I the know, blizzard, not the not the man on the side yeah. of the road. So it started it started snowing when we left Deer Valley. It did not stop until the day before the last day. So we had we had six really straight days of snow. We get up to Logan. We stayed the night in Logan. 
the next morning we wake up super early, we go to get up the canyon and we're stopped by a cop. And he's like, hey, we're about to close the canyon. If you're going this way, you probably will not be able to get back. And so then we're like, like you have to do like 20 minutes of planning in like 20 seconds, right? Okay, well, if we go here, how can we get around? We still have to hit this resort. Oh, it's the second day of the trip, it's already screwed up. On the other hand, they're about to close the canyon. So we're just like, go, 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 go. So we pull into the Beaver parking lot. There's like two other cars there. There's nobody there when we get there. And there's nobody there all day. It's country club skiing on feet of powder. On feet of powder. It was incredible. And so we, uh, Beaver's a small resort. We saw all of Beaver. We skied so much powder. I was covered. I had a full beard then. My, my beard was like hanging with icicles. Uh, Travis Seeholzer, who's the uh, grandson of the founder of Beaver, was there and he was skiing with us and his beard was full of icicles. And this guy skis all the time and he's like, this is one of the best days of my life. So there you go. So, hey, just when in doubt, drive up the mountain. <laughs> when in doubt, don't just, just go. Just go. Just go. Just go. Full. So then about midday, we're like, okay, we got to get out of here. How are we going to do it? And what we thought is we were going to have to go north through Idaho, come back around. And that was going to be like add an hour to our trip. Um, but when we pulled out of the resort, yeah, they had closed the canyon on either side, but they hadn't closed it like at the beaver entrance. So we just headed back to Utah. And it was fine. There was a couple of landslides, but we had four-wheel drive, so it was all good. <laughs> you made it down. <laughs> I mean, it was a white-knuckle drive, I'm guessing. It was, yeah, it was beautiful, though. It was beautiful. Uh, and we even, we, we were like, we're making actually better time than we thought. So we stopped for a while. We flew our drone in the canyon for a while, took some photos. It was amazing. Um, and then uh, pulled into Cherry Peak kind of early afternoon. And that place was swimming with people because they had closed the schools in Logan that day. And it was like, I think I wrote in the article, it was like Lord of the Flies on ice. Kids everywhere. There were kids everywhere. There were no parents anywhere. It was just kids. I mean, You're like, like, do I feel old? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, yeah. But it was great. I mean, it was like all the, and there was all this energy because we were like, oh, we're tired. Ah, but there was all this energy. There's all these kids are having a great time. Uh, they have tubing at Cherry Peak. So we took some tubes down the hill too. We raced on on tubes. Jared will tell you he won. He's lying. I won. There's no pictures. There's no pictures. Uh, there might be. There video, might be actually. pictures, I but we threw them in the fire <laughs> last night. <laughs> and uh, and Cherry's great. It's a really small resort. It doesn't have a lot of steep and deep. It doesn't have a lot of black territory. But it's it's nice. It's got like these nice, easy runs and some scrub scrub oak to go around and they're opening up more territory uh, this year or next year, I think. It's, it's a great little resort. Now, if I lived in Logan, and it's like 20 minutes away from Logan. If I lived in Logan, I'd be there every day. There you go. So that was day two. Day two, all right, day three. Day three, so we go, uh, we drive south. Um, no, 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 we stay in Logan again that night. Uh, we wake up the next morning, uh, our car is under like two feet of snow but we hear the night before that Powder Mountain might close because there's been an avalanche. But Powder Mountain was our next day, right? We were supposed to start at Powder. So we start like figuring out again, like, okay, well, where are we gonna go? How are we gonna do it? And we finally decide like, okay, fine. If Powder Mountain's closed, it's fine. We'll go to, instead, we're gonna go to Snow Basin and then uh, we'll do Nordic in the afternoon and we'll come back around and do Powder the next day. And it's a little disappointing because Powder Mountain's a huge resort. It is ginormous. Um, and we wanted to have as much time as possible, and we knew if we set it back another day, we'd have to tag team it up with a resort that's closer to Salt Lake. 
but whatever. So we head to Snow Basin. Powder Mountain is indeed closed. Snow Basin's packed. It doesn't matter. Uh, we hook up with my buddy Ezra, who's been skiing there for 40 years. He's a telemarker. He's amazing. He takes us to all his favorite terrain. He did everything short of putting us in a blindfold first, though. Like, I'm sworn to secrecy about where he took us. That's not fair. So we don't get anything. No, I, like, I, if you turn right off this lift, so wink, here's, wink, wink. Yeah, so, so I've made, I, I think, I mean, Ezra can clarify, but I think the pact is that if I ski at Snow Basin again, I can go there and I can take people there. So Snow Basin is one of my favorite places to play. It's probably because the runs are wide open, oftentimes it's not crowded because people don't want to drive up to Ogden from Salt Lake. Right. Um, and it's not a resort town where people are staying in and around the area. Um, so I'm thinking um, we need to schedule a ski date. Yeah! <laughs> and, um, and I will sign whatever blood, snow, crystallized yes. pact that yes. I have to yes. to take us on this um, secret adventure. We totally have to get Ezra and his wife Debbie, though, okay. to come with us because um, I'm not actually sure I could even make it back to those places. Because I was just trying to keep up with Ez, right? Like, yeah. I was like, he was wearing a yellow jacket. And I'm like, just follow the yellow jacket. But it was incredible. Great tree train, which I know you love, yes, right? Yes, Great steep and deep. Historic, the Olympic ski races were there. Um, beautiful. The lodges there are like Buckingham Palace. It's oh, yeah. gorgeous. It's like you don't need to nor want to take a break, but you're like, oh, I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's apparently like a waffle there that I'm supposed to have that I... A waffle? Like when we finally were like ready to get food, they had stopped serving the waffle. But there's some like amazing waffle. A good enough reason to go back. Yeah, the waffles alone. <laughs> and the skiing was incredible. The powder was deep. Uh, and like you said, it wasn't, I mean, there were so many people, and yet once. You never felt like you were skiing no. with more than one or no. two people. And I feel like the line was two minutes at the worst. Again, like going like back to this past weekend when I was in Vermont, like you'd get to the bottom of some lifts, and the line would be 20 minutes long. It was like being at Disneyland. Yeah. So uh, we did Basin. That afternoon we did Nordic, another small family resort. Uh, some great terrain uh, on this. So Nordic is set up so like all of the green stuff's in the middle, the blue stuff is on either side, the black stuff's on either side of that. So you go to the far side, nobody touches it because it's kind of a training mountain, it's a kid's mountain. Some really beautiful powder runs and they have night skiing so we skied until, I don't know, eight or nine and then we were exhausted and day, what was that, day three day was done. For all of you listeners out there, you guys have been listening to another episode of Salt Lake Magazine's own podcast, Salt Lake Speaks. You can find this episode as well as others at saltlakemagazine.com slash podcast.